0: Hi, welcome to Rebuilders. My name is Liddy and today Mark is chatting with Simon Ponsonby. Simon is from the UK. His ministry in teaching, writing, speaking reveals his passion for combining and understanding word with spirit and we look forward to sharing the interview with you.
1: Simon Ponsonby, it's great to have you with us on Rebuilders and I thought it'd be fantastic to talk to you, first of all, because, you know, I've learned a lot from you and um, I feel that there is so many people who listen to um, Rebuilders and a lot of younger leaders who have been, I think, begun a journey where they're discovering God's hearts for renewal, God's heart for revival, God's heart um, and sending his spirit. And I just thought it'd be wonderful to talk to you. One thing that I know you have is a heart for the next generation of leaders coming up and you've had a real prophetic sense that God is raising a next generation of leaders. I'd love to hear you speak about that, particularly as that's a lot of our audience.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I think that if one reads church history, one sees that when God does something, God uses young people. Often the, um, The older generations are kind of fixed in their ways. And when God does something, often he does a new thing. And uh, the older saints just find it difficult to be flexible and accommodate to it. But the new are wide open. They've also got energy. And uh, so it, 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 it seems to me, looking at revivals in history, they're often... Pioneered by young, whether it's uh, Wesley or Whitfield or Evan Roberts or Luther, these were young men who were breakthrough men. Mm. So I think that there is a precedent in history, and I think there's some sort of psychology uh, and uh, sociology to that. But I, I, I recently, or in the last year or so, did sense that God. I've always longed for revival. And uh, I became rather disappointed thinking I'm going to die without seeing one. Mm. But uh, I was reminded that it comes with the young. And I'm now getting to be an older man. Mm. And I felt the Lord was telling me to look and to encourage the younger generation to go after God and to get everything that God had for them. And that within that younger generation, we would see uh, great men and women rise up and uh, light the flame and uh, advance the cause of Christ against the powers of darkness. Mm. So, I've for the last 18 months or so been teaching 1825s. I am a dinosaur, but uh, just trying to encourage them to go after God. And, you know, the young generation are going to meet, are going to reach the young generation. Mm. And uh, they understand the forms, the cultural norms, they've got the language, they've got the connections. Oh, goats like me haven't. Um, but what they need is the word of the Lord, and they need the power of the Spirit. Mm. And uh, they need to be encouraged and uh, help with their discipleship. So my sense is that, that some of these older ministers who have longed for revival... Uh, are to encourage this new generation, the Joshua generation. It's Joshua's time. Hmm. And uh, like Moses, who looked at the the promised land from afar, uh, I, I think some of us are looking and seeing what will be and can see that God has raised up your Joshua's and your Caleb's to take it on.
1: Hmm. Um, I know that you've written and spoken about I guess the pursuit of holiness and the importance of that for this next generation. Um, yeah. I'd love to, just to speak into that, particularly of those listening, because there's so many things which entrap them. There's so many things that are just so close. Um, you know, why is that important for a young leader?
0: Well, it, it's, it's not a new thing. Mm. God is who he is. And, he is a God who is thrice holy. When, when Isaiah saw the Lord, he heard the angels cry, holy, 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 the thrice holy, the perfect, holy God. And I think for some time in, in the church, people have uh, mistaken um, freedom in the spirit for really freedom of the soul, for them to just do what they wanted and claimed it was freedom of the spirit. But actually, the work of the Spirit is to renew us into the likeness of Christ. He's a holy spirit who brings us through Christ to the Father, who is holy. So if we're to be with the Father, if we're to serve the Father, if we're to bring the the revelation of the Father, there are many things about that, but one of those is holiness. He Mm. needs a holy people. Mm. And holiness is not being religious, but holiness is being like Jesus. And uh, I think it's time for the Lord, the Lord is saying it's time to tidy up the church. Mm. And how can an unholy church bring a message of God's holiness to a world? I think the world looks at the church often and hears about the scandals and the immorality and the financial or sexual machinations and and indeed the abuse that's been there and has rejected the church because... The world wants a holy church. Hmm. She wants her to walk the walk and walk the talk. And thus far, she looks at it and she just thinks you're hypocrites. Hmm. So a young generation who can connect in, in, in cultural forms to society, whether it's how they look, how they sound, their understanding of culture, and yet live a radically separate life that reveals something of the beauty of Jesus, that's a compelling thing. Mm. And for long, the, the world has looked and seen a, a grubby church, not a beautiful bride.
1: Mm. I love to, you, you mentioned something there, which I think is key to this next generation. And it's the word and spirit thing. And I love your writings of holding cross and Pentecost. And I feel like that's a tension so few manage to hold together well. And uh, yeah, I'd love to just to speak to that—that that sense for particularly a generation coming up, that the power of the cross, but also
0: the power of the
1: spirit. Yeah.
0: Well, someone wrote to me the other day, a young a young church leader, and he said, "Are you? Do you describe yourself as an evangelical or a charismatic?" And I said, "Well, I I would use both. I would say I'm evangelical, charismatic, but I'm happy not to use either term. I'm evangelical uh, in the sense that I'm committed to." scripture i'm committed to new birth i'm committed to the centrality of jesus and i'm committed to making jesus known through preaching the gospel but that book leads me to the spirit that book tells me that there's a whole wonderland of experience of god and his love and his power and his gifts and his immediacy so the the book leads me to expect more from, from what the church has often offered. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, the spirit flows from the cross. Um, and St John's gospel depicts this with Jesus with, you know, Jesus had taught in chapter four and chapter seven about streams of living water. By this, he meant the spirit. And then at the cross, out of his side flowed this stream of water. And symbolically, I think John was saying that the spirit flows from the cross. It, comes through Christ, it comes from the gospel. And so often I think some Christians have dismissed things charismatic because they thought that it was a, a rejection of the gospel foundations, but I think it's simply a, an appropriation of it. Mm. The spirit flows from the cross and then leads us back to the cross. Mm. The more I receive of the spirit, the more I love the gospel. Mm the more I receive of the spirit, the more I want to linger at Calvary. Mm. So Pentecost follows on from Calvary, uh, and Calvary points us to Pentecost. They're inseparable, and often the church has divided them up. So conservatives have gone after the gospel, and the charismatics after the spirit, and we've had people who are gospel church or Pentecostal church. And Mm. it's a nonsense, really, if we're biblical, then we, we hold both and we need both. Mm. And God offers us both. We're, it's not either or. This mm. is authentic, basic apostolic Christianity. Word and spirit, cross and spirit.
1: Mm. I'd love to just to hear your thoughts, I guess, prophetically, what you're feeling and, and if, if you are indeed sensing something. There's, it's been really interesting with what's happened with the pandemic in it's funny, like we've talked about it. it's, this has been this unpredictable thing. I've got a friend, he's fantastic. He just sends me so many different fascinating articles around the world. Um, and he sent me last week, all these different reports that were written by big corporations, like in 2008, and, and you know, scenarios for big companies, what could happen. And what was fascinating is a number of them predicted it all. And he sent me one, and it was got- lot, sorry. They predicted the whole, like what would happen with a pandemic. And, um, and there's the Bill Gates talk that this was going to, you know, this was going to happen. Um, and, uh, there was one that was amazing and it predicted that, you know, if it got in the global supply chains and there'd be lockdowns and you sort of read it and you're like, my goodness, people knew this was going to happen. And I've been thinking about that a lot in the sense of what's the spiritual version of that? There's an element where I now look back and go, you know, I too have a heart for revival, <laughs> and, and then I'm like, was yeah. I was I a fool thinking that when everything's comfortable, um, that everything's okay, that you know, revival's going to come? There's always some sort of, you know, I guess catalyst yep. moment to push us into God. Yep. So in a sense, part of me is like, this was predictable. In a sense that at some point, this mythology of this perfect Western world going with that yeah. hiccup was going to was going to have it come a cropper at some stage. So I'd love to just hear your thoughts on what, what you see the spirit doing in this moment, yeah. um, what you're sensing and even the link. Like I, I feel like for that generation you're talking about, this is going to be their defining
0: memory yeah. experience. Yeah. I'd love you to speak into that. Wow. Well, I think you're more positioned and, and uh, studied to be able to speak into these things. So, I'm rather speaking off the top of my head, but um, I do find it interesting that when you say that that in the corporate world, they saw this coming, and yet I heard very little of this being said in the church world. Mm. And so you wonder whether the world is more prophetic than the church. You know, we're supposed to be a prophetic people, yet very few saw this coming. Uh, If any, I mean, I'm sure there are some prophecies out there. What I think is that, Revival always comes out of chaos or happens just before chaos. Mm. So revivals often, whether it's um, the Chinese revival, whether it's the British revival uh, that took place under the Wesleyan Whitfield on the edge of uh, 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 Britain in the Revolution, or whether it was the Welsh revival that took place just before the First World War, when a whole generation were killed on the battlefields of Ypres, and Somme, and Flanders, mm. that often revival is in in proximity to crisis, mm. and um, it seems to me, therefore, that that uh, that this is a kind of prime time. Now, whatever is the cause of the the, the chaos or the crisis historically. Uh, or now the fact is that it causes people people are desperate and they're in shock mm. but they're also attentive mm. so you know the, the old ways have failed and so there's an openness to to hear something new so it doesn't surprise me that in that time of uh, conflict of chaos or crisis that um that can be a real breakthrough mm. and um so I think that we're in that time uh, that, you know, people are running around, uh, you know, thinking that the world is going to, you know, the sky is going to collapse and, mm. in, and um, all this uncertainty and instability. Mm. And I think that the, the church can speak into that. Mm. We, we have a grand narrative. Mm. So actually we can speak to the future and we can say, here's the, here's the long-term scenario God is coming back for a people who are ready for him Mm. and he's going to wrap it all up and recreate it. And he's going to create a life with him. And so we, we have a narrative that we can superimpose on all of this. Mm. You know, this is, this is people's worlds are collapsing, but if you're a Christian, our worldview isn't and our world isn't. Mm. Um, So I think we can speak into that with a sense of hope and perspective, but also as people are, are, are shaken. I think that we can bring the, the word of the Lord mm. and say, the Lord is with us and he can bring this, us through this. And so I think it, it could be a time for revival. Mm. Um, whilst many are despairing, we're the people of hope mm. and we've got a message. And, uh, you know, I spoke to two top economists recently and both of them have completely different yes. scenarios of what would happen. <laughs> one said we are going to go into a time of boom and bust worldwide global debt uh, and we've got it's going to take a decade to recover from this just the debt wise another said actually we're pretty robust we can bounce back quickly you know well which is it? i i don't know mm. but i do know god is here people are hungry people are afraid and the lord doesn't the lord doesn't go and walk about Mm. And I think that for those who will attune to him, I think he's going to speak to them. He wants to pour his spirit upon them. And I think this could be a time of revival. Mm. I really do.
1: Mm.
0: I'm up for it. Yes. Well, I
1: mean, I guess my last question, you know, links into that. And and the sense I've had, I had, I had I had a sort of moment with God at John Wesley's house with my wife when we were there two oh, years ago you? in his little, where he prayed and, and, yeah, um, yeah. you know, and I just felt the Lord sort of put my attention back to Wesley. He's always been in my, I was in the Salvation Army and, um, you know, he's always been this okay. figure there. And, um Legend. yeah, it's, it just, it struck me that his term, which I'd heard all my life, the the world is my parish. And it was that moment when parish boundaries were like breaking oh. down. And wow. I just sort of wonder whether, at this moment, there's actually something similar that our congregations, in a sense, were like our parishes. Yep. We we realised that church, we marked everything. others oh, the you know nine fifteen and the eleven and the five and you know yep. our different ones. And um, yeah, I just I just want I'm fascinated by the parallels that that the 18th century was a time in the UK of tremendous social upheaval and technological disruption and and even to like reading I reread. Um, Whitfield's John Pollock's Whitfield biography over Christmas. I love that book. And, um, what struck me too, like thinking back, they were always sick and they often were dealing with pandemics. He was always
0: sick, wasn't
1: he? Yeah, and it was like their health was fragile. Um, and I know you're in Oxford, um, yeah, but I just love your thoughts on the relevance of that moment to what is happening now. If
0: if you see any, I mean, see any parallels like I do, yeah. Well, I think you see better than I do, but I, you know, I was a street preacher for uh, a couple of years in Bristol, mm. where Wesley had his chapel, and we would always pray in Wesley's chapel, and then we'd go out and preach on the streets, and uh, uh, so Wesley's been a hero of mine, and uh, although theologically, I may be more, more closer to uh, Whitfield, mm. and our church is right next to Whitfield's college, Pembroke College, and and so these guys have really inspired me. And they were young men. I mean, Whitfield was 23. Wesley was a few years older, but still in his 20s when they brought revival to this land and then Whitfield to uh, with Jonathan Edwards in North America. And it was a time of cultural shift. And God raised up the young generation who were flexible enough not to be bound by the old forms and norms, Mm. but had the word of the Lord in a new age. And uh, I think you're right. I mean, there was a kind of politics behind the world is my parish because the church was closed to uh, Wesley. And yet, Mm. by analogy, the the church is closed to us. Mm. I'm not allowed in my church. Mm. I'm not allowed in my, it's unbelievable. And I'm a dinosaur, you know, I collect fountain pens. Uh, last week, I had my first ever Zoom interview, you know. Mm. This is my second with you. <laughs> and, um, it's, a, it's a strange new world um, and it's for the brave. But I think that this is a, an opportunity. I think some of the old saints will be freaking out because they're not able to make the, make the move. And I think, well, God bless them, and God will bless them, but it's a new day, it's a new season. God is the God of the new, and I think the young who are technologically flexible, mm. who uh, connect around the world so much—I'm not even on Facebook—but the young who are just so interconnected, this is their time, mm. and uh, I think that you know this medium and uh, of technology that. Unites us, you know. There isn't, a, and the, the economy doesn't unite us, and politics with Brexit has divided us. But mm. this technology connects us, and I think God can use it with the young who are proficient in it, who are consecrated to Him and filled with the Spirit, and understand that God wants to save the world. Um, I think that God is going to raise up a new generation who are going to use this form. And that we ain't seen nothing yet. From watching from the sides, I'm excited. Maybe I am going to live to see a great mm. revival, mm. the technological revival uh, in which God pours out his blessing through cyberspace. Mm.
1: Oh, Amen. Well, thank you so much, Simon. It's been such a treat to have you hey, share with thanks
0: us.
1: Yes. and well, uh, bless you. Yes, many blessings. It's a privilege
0: to be with you, man. And uh, we love your books. We respect and honor your ministry. We're really excited uh, about what God is doing. And uh, you're one of the knights at the front leading the charge.
1: Thank you. Thank Thank you. you. I appreciate that. If I could just share something too, now we're off air. Um, I, I, do, I just felt a sense, or now that I've officially made us off air, although um, they will magically yeah. afterwards. Yeah, I, I just felt a real, a real sense of the word like foundations. And, and I think like there's a bunch of guys in that generation coming through who are standing on... You know your shoulders, and and I just have a sense that perhaps there was a period where there was a disheartening you felt, and what was happening, and I feel there was like actually a desert period, possibly spiritually, not not just you like a personal desert, but a spiritual desert. Um, but there's just this moment happening, and I think it's that holding together of word and spirit, and um, the good theology and the, the pursuit of holiness and behind it. And I'm just, I'm just amazed to find these young people around the world in, in strange yeah. places. And, um, there is just this global, um, rising. So I just wanted to, yeah, just encourage you and thank you for. Well, that's so encouraging. For to hear. Yeah. And. no, and, well, mm. Yeah. Mm.
0: These are great days. These are shaking days, but they're great days. And, uh, I went to a conference uh, a, year, a year or two ago. I was invited to speak, and it was the first time I agreed to speak at a young conference, young people's mm-hmm. conference. I, I'd had invites, but I'd always said no. And um, it was called Fusion. Do you know the Fusion guys? It's like a universe. Ah, oh, Miriam. Uh, oh, Miriam. Uh, yes, yes, say, yeah. Yeah. Miriam Stoffield. Stoffield, yeah. Uh, and. Um, I walked in the door. They asked me to come and speak on holiness. Mm. I couldn't believe it. I, you know, I've written that book more. I probably had 100, 200 invites to speak on that theme Mm. more. I wrote two books on holiness and I've had two invites. Mm. 202. Mm. And yet for me, the more of the spirit and the holiness were connected, mm. and um, it seemed to me people wanted the Holy Spirit for a nice time, but not to mm. not because they really wanted God. But anyway, I walked into this fusion conference, there's a huge banner, it must have been 12 foot by 12 foot, and it just said holy. Wow, and I burst out crying, mm. and uh, I couldn't get through my sermon because mm. I thought, gosh. I've been preaching on this for 20 years. No one's been listening. But mm. suddenly, these young people are on it. Mm. And uh, so I was, f- I, I, I was really encouraged. And I think, yeah, it's a new day. Mm. There is a young generation rising up who understand the power of the Spirit and holiness, but also cultural relevance and connectedness. Yes. And uh, I think it's time for a revival.
1: Mm. Oh, Amen. Well, thank you I so much. I
0: think the renewal. So now you go. Now you I'd go. I'd love to hear.
1: I'm just aware I was gonna gonna going to say, I think
0: yeah. that the renewal guys in mm. my generation mm. lost it mm. because they internalized it, mm. and uh, it. As in self-focused. They were. Really, I think self-focused mm. and consumerist. Mm. I think it became about their healing. Or their gifting, or mm. so they put themselves at the center of renewal. Mm. And the whole focus was on come to the front to receive mm. for you, it seems to me. Whereas um, I think Pentecost is about you receive for others. Yes, yes. And uh, so somehow there had to be a perspective shift. Mm. Well, I think the young people care more about the world they live in. Mm. Whereas my generation cared more about themselves and their family and, their, mm. and so on. Mm. So I think that uh, renewal, genuine renewal, is externalizing. Mm. And I think that's what we're seeing.
1: Mm. I'd agree. Anyway, I agree.
0: I've got to go and speak somewhere.
1: Yes, yes. Well, thank you so thank much. You. We really appreciate your time.
0: A big thank you to Simon for sharing with us today. If you want to hear more from him, I encourage you to pick up his book of the very same name, More, or a more recent book, God Inside Out. Both provide a really accessible and theologically founded perspective of the spirit and his work in and through us. It's great to have you join us. We'll
1: see you next time.